Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. know right now, I'm going to give you fair warning today. And so here it is. You have chosen to seat yourself in a safe place to hear a potentially dangerous message today. That's all I'm going to say. Some of you will be offended. Some of you might leave church. Some of you, uh, hopefully, the Holy Spirit will convict because he's convicting me as well. And so uh, I'm not just sharing this because I've arrived. I'm sharing this because I believe this is a call. We're in this series called Paradox. It's part three today. Derek talked about what it meant to be performance-driven, the first one. Um, and then last week, uh, you know, I talked about the story of the axe. We looked at that and how to really give things to God, we have to let him take it. We can't do it on our own. And really today, I want to talk about something that's a little different. And I hope, and I've been praying all week long, you've seen my post, that I really believe that this will be a transformational message, I hope, uh, within your life, within mine as well. So I want to first start off though, just talking about pizza for a little bit. And uh, can I hear a good amen? Yeah. My favorite pizza place closed. I still love Jesus, but Red Savoy in St. Paul was my favorite for years. And uh, there's another place though, and we received, this was a a couple years ago, you know, they send out those direct mailers. And I got this direct mailer, and on the direct mailer it said, if you call us and order an extra large two-topping pizza, you get a free pizza of your choice. So I'm like, sweet deal! So I call them up and I said, hey, I really want to get a pizza. I want to, you know, extra large with pepperoni sausage. My kids were eating it, so I couldn't put good stuff on it. And so I said, all right, and then the free one, I'll take a large Canadian bacon pineapple. Yes, pray for my family. Some eat pineapple on pizza. And so I order this, and the person on the other line goes, I'm sorry, sir. Uh, that's not going to work. That coupon doesn't work in our system. And I was ticked, man. I was so mad. Because I said, what do you mean? And I said, well, that, that coupon's not here. And I said, you sent it out. <laughs> It's your company. Like, this isn't like something in the Val Pack, or this isn't something you found. You remember the shopper? This, this is like your cube. I was so mad. And I'm like, look, you guys sent this out. You're going to honor this. And they're like, I'm sorry, sir. We're not. Can I, t- manager, now. Oh, you do not get in between me and pizza. Don't do that. I'll eat you. Okay? And so I, I was talking to him, and I'm like, look, here's the deal. I said, I said, this is your pizza place. Yeah, it's not in our system yet. Oh, I'm so offended. I'm like, dude, look, you're going to honor this. And he's like, I can't. I have no coupon. I said, well, do you have a coupon like it that you can use? Well, he can give you like a two liter of Coke or something. I'm like, I don't want a two liter of Coke. I want pizza. Didn't honor it. So fast forward a couple weeks later. I'm with a buddy and we're at a lunch place that's really close to this pizza place and we're sitting there together and we're enjoying our food. And the whole time I'm enjoying my food, just behind me I can see the the light of this place. Just bugging me. And finally I'm like, time to grow up, time to man up. I'm going in there face to face. So I walk in and I kept, this is how bad this got, I actually kept the direct mailer in my car that if I ever got the guts... I would bring it in and show them. So I walk in, and I said, you the manager? I said, we got to talk. 
And for those of you that know me really well, this is not my MO. I'm like, you know, I'm like Pooh Bear, not like Tigger, okay? And so Tigger came out, and I go in there and I said, this is unbelievable. And I said, and the guy was like super apologetic, and I'm like, justice was made here today. And I leave and I get in my car, and then finally the Holy Spirit spoke, and I'm like, oh no. Because he hadn't up to that point, and I got in my car, and this little voice of the Holy Spirit said, Who are you? Who are you? Who are you to offend? And who are you to be the one that goes in and tries to make it right? It's not up to you. And I was sat there, and I'm like, I don't like you right now, Jesus. I don't like you at all, because you're right, and I'm wrong. And you can ask my wife, I don't like when I'm wrong. I really don't like when I'm wrong. I don't believe today we are living in the United States of America anymore. I believe we are living in the United States of the offended. You know, I know it's probably just me, not you, uh, that God's been speaking to you about this. Hashtag sarcasm. (laughs) It seems to me everyone, everywhere is offended right now about something. And to you, it might be super stupid. Okay, it's pizza. I'll get over it. You know? I'll have less of a dad bod. Thanks, Derek. I'll have less of a dad bod. Okay? To you and I, it might seem silly. But to some people, this is the real deal. There, people get offended by some stuff. Now, we're going to step on toes today. I already warned you. You're still here. So that's your fault, not mine. Here's what it says on a vegan site. Now, I'm not vegan because I love meat, okay? And I, I, dude, don't come between me, my pizza, or my meat, okay? I love meat. Now, some people are, you don't believe that we should eat animals and, and all of this and, and whatever. That's their belief system. However, there's some crazy things happening and I just want to share with them. This is what they're literally, an organization literally trying to do. This is not, I'm, I'm not making this up. This is a joke. Google it if you want. Okay, this organization, this vegan organization is offended by the eating of animals and not only that, but the use of certain phrases that are not all inclusive in which we talk negatively about animals or, or their milk or their eggs or whatever. And so let me just share with you a couple. These are real, Okay. They're legally trying to change these sayings that you and I know very well. How many know this saying? Put all your eggs in one. Okay, they want to legally... Right now they're trying to legally change this to put all your berries in a bowl. Okay, here's, here's one of the other ones. It no longer should be walking on egg, but they want to change it to walking on broken glass. Walking on broken glass. Can we just think about that for a moment? Anyway, you'll get there. Okay? And then the phrase, and this one just got me. I, I, okay? It's serious to them. It's ridiculous to me. Ants in your pants. Ants, how many played that game? You remember that game? Ants, stupid game. Ants in your pants. They want to change it to pepper in your pants. I'm dead serious. I'm not making this up. Okay? Here's from a student group. So not that's a vegan group. Here's from a student group that wants to make sure everything is completely all-inclusive. This is not a joke. Now, what they wanted to do is they wanted to legally, and they're still trying to do this, they wanted to try to ban clapping and cheering because it was not inclusive to those that couldn't hear. Now, 
I know some people, some people in part of our church have hearing aids or can't hear out of one ear. So are we, we're not trying to offend them when we clap or when we cheer. God asks us to do this. But this is serious to them, ridiculous to me. Now, now let's, let's get real for a moment. Now that's student groups, vegan things. Maybe you're not vegan. Maybe you're not student. Maybe you are. Maybe you're, you're somewhere around. Uh, because I want you to get offended today. That's what I want. I, I'm trying hard. So if I haven't got you yet, we're going to get you right now. There's this page on social media that I love. It entertains me. It's called What's Going On in St. Francis. It is my favorite page. I used to hate it. Now I just read it because it's fun. Because, dude, you want to read somebody offended? Go to that site. So let's read some. It's public. So if you're here today, welcome. I'm not going to share your name. You did. If someone posts something, this is by the admin, which happens to be my neighbor. If someone posts something that offends you, scroll past it. This, these are her words. This is on the rules that she posts weekly. 90% of the posts. 90! That's 9 out of 10 if you're not a math major. Posts reported are because you're offended. The person's not breaking any laws. Here's two. Two. I'm just going to give you two. Okay? We could be here all day. This is from one person. Our grad party will be loud. If you're offended, well, I hate that, I really do, but these kids and parents have busted their beep for 18 years. Okay, it's on there. Maybe that's one of you. I don't know. Okay, here's another one. And this one, I, just so you know, don't judge me from saying this from the pulpit. I'm just reading what someone wrote. <laughs> Let's see if I can make it through this one. Whoever complained about my stuff in my yard that I pay for, I hope you get crotch rot. <laughs> Do you know there's over 150 comments on that one? (laughs) So now what I did is I went to your Facebook and Instagram from people in our church. And I'm going to share a couple of yours right now. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But these might seem ridiculous. This might seem crazy. By the way, if you got really scared just now, listen to that voice because it ain't yours. All right, moving on. All right, so here's the deal. These people, they're dead serious. They're dead serious. Have you witnessed anybody in the news that's offended in the last couple months? Come on, somebody. Are you alive or awake this morning? I have. Turn on the freaking news. Offense, 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 offense. This might happen. This could happen. This possibly could happen. This would... I'm done with it, yo. Done. And if... Now, I'm not all that. Because there's things that offend me. Just like those who are vegan. Just like those with their grad party. Just with those that are cursing people with crotch rot. I have my own stuff too. I don't even know what that is. I don't want to know what that is. If you know what that is, you keep your urban dictionary to yourself because I don't need to read it. I, I love living naivety. I don't get there often, okay? Every, all of us have that hot button. Have you ever watched America's Got Talent? You ever seen that? And there's one part of the show where somebody gets up and they they think they have talent. You know they don't. 
And, and you hear somebody, one of the judges, they hit this little red button, and it makes this real nice noise, just like that, just instantly. Okay? Well, we all have those. I have one. My button. Here's my hot button. I'm going to share. You all have one too, okay? Yours might not be meat. Yours might not be, you know, graduation parties. Maybe yours is fireworks. I don't know, okay? We all have one. We all have one. My hot button is when you question my integrity, I will kill you. Why? Because I used to not walk in integral life. Got transformed by the power of Jesus and so can you. And when I did and then it got questioned, oh man, I wanted to defend myself. I'm like, oh listen buddy, you shut your trap right now or I'm going to destroy you. And I'm like, we need the poo, okay? I'm not like Tigger normally. And so I'm out playing baseball and I'm coaching baseball with two guys from our community whom, by the way, I have huge respect for. Both have been through the doors of this church. Huge respect for. And we're coaching together and I'm doing the book, the books, you know, the scoring and all that. And, and they're out in the outfield. Long story short, somebody changes the roster of where people are in the outfield. The coaches come back inside the dugout and they said to the kids, who changed the roster? And how many think a kid is going to go, well, I did it. No, they all sat there like this. Uh, scared to death because the coach was mad. Oh, he was mad. And so they all go out to the outfield. It's, it's our turn in the outfield. The other team's batting. I'm sitting there keeping score, you know, on the other team. And both coaches walk over to me. Roster gets changed. One of the kids did it. They had a little magnetic board in the dugout. And they both stand next to me and they said, Oh. They looked at me and they said, Hey, uh, Chris, they wouldn't even look me in the eyes. They said, Did you change the board? Oh. How dare you? And I looked at them with every, every ounce of my being. I, I really just, if my kid wasn't on the team, I would have just thrown them the score sheet and said, see ya. And I said, I'm offended. Because how dare you question my integrity? I would have never touched that. You know better than that. That was how our friendship started, three of us. And then I... I realized that I was listening to Chris, not the Holy Spirit. I'm really good at that. Maybe you're better at that than I am. We all have that hot button. We've made amends since. I've apologized. I went back. The word offense in the Bible comes from a word, scandalin. You can probably guess what other words in our culture that word comes from. You know, scandal, scandalous. But the meaning of the word scandalin is to trap you with bait. That's the literal meaning, is to actually set out a trap for you to get caught in. For you to, and so the word offense is the same word. This is where it comes from. The word offense is scandalin. What the enemy does is he tries to scandal you into holding on to the offense. So it keeps you in prison from being who you're called to be. If our world and you get a hold of this this morning, it'll change our life. It'll change our culture, starting in a little church and now the Minnesota. It's changed me. You know, we did this Bible study called Deep last year, and we went through the book of Revelation because I'm insane. And if you've ever read that book, it's deep. There's a lot to it. But one of the things that it talks about is the end times. In Matthew 24, uh, it talks about the end times. And one of the things that we looked at is all of that, and we're going through all the signs of the times and wars and rumors of wars and all these different things. And, and I missed this, okay? Like, I led this Bible study, and I missed this up until a few weeks ago. And I'm listening to this, and I'm like, dear God, forgive me forever missing this. Well, it's not totally my fault because I read the NIV, which is not the perfect version in the world. I just like simple, okay? And so I don't read the King James, the these, the thou's, the whatever, you know? Well, I look in a different version 
And this is what it says. This is King James. Listen to what it says. This is talking about the end times. And that day, then many will be what? Oh, snap. Will betray one another and will hate one another. Now, I'm not here to say that we're living in the end times. Some believe we are, some are. I'm not willing to go up on that soapbox and say that. I'm just willing to serve Jesus with my life. That's all. Okay? And so, are we or are we not? Sure. Here's the thing. You will have offenses come your way. Listen to Jesus' words here in Luke chapter 17. He said to his disciples, so talking to his best of friends, to his disciples, those closest to Jesus, it is what? Say it with me. Impossible. Say impossible. Impossible. Now everybody else say it with us. It is impossible that no offenses should come. But woe to you whom through the, who they do come. In other words, offenses are going to come your way. Your integrity is going to be tested. The thing, your hot button, whatever it is, is going to be tested. But the rest of this verse says, don't be the one to offend. And he goes on, Jesus says, it's better to basically be drowned with a heavy weight around your neck than to offend somebody. These are his words. And I read these words and I thought, you know, wars and rumors of wars and all that, that's crazy. We look at all the big things and sometimes I think the great is in the small. The great is in the fact that when we get offended, what we do with it. And that's what I want to unpack with you this morning. You see, God promises that you will be offended. God promises that. He promises. It's impossible that none come. Now, I need you to realize a couple of things before I jump into the real heart of this message. And I need you to hear me very clear this morning. I'm not here to motivate you today. I'm not here to woohoo. I'm just here to speak truth, what God has shown me to speak. Number A, one, whatever. Here's a few things. The Bible, it may hurt you with truth, but it will never, ever comfort you with a lie. Okay? You need to know that this morning. Second, you're never going to handle the bigger and the larger things in your life, especially the things that God has for you, if you're always offended by the small. You see, God's offensive. You might be offended by somebody else, but I can tell you, God will offend better than anyone. In fact, I would be willing to say this morning, if you have never been offended by Jesus, you don't have a relationship with Him at all. It's how you handled when you're offended by God. Because if you're walking with Jesus, there's going to be some stuff you read and some things that He speaks to you, you're not going to like. If you haven't heard that, I would question your relationship with Him. I'm not trying to condemn you. I'm trying to make sure that you're saved with Him. Make sure you have that. It's a free gift. Okay? It's how you handle the offenses that come... That will show us our relationship with Him, with God. You know, I heard a pastor, and, and uh, I got some, some points for Robert Mandu here on this, this message, a friend in the Assemblies of God. And uh, um, he told this story, and I took some of his story here this morning, but one of the things he said is this, and I love it. He says, it's my favorite, he says, Jesus is a lot like spandex, toddlers, and a drunk person, because they're going to give you the truth whether you like it or not. <laughs> and you'll get there, all right? So what I want to do with you this morning, you chose to stay in a safe place to hear a potentially dangerous message, and this is one this morning. It already has been, but it's going to get a little bit more dicey, and I just want to tell you that. And I want to share with you probably the most offensive Bible story I've ever read. I mean, we're talking like in your face. So snap. In fact, some of you after this message today aren't going to like Jesus. 
You're, not, you're going to be offended by what he does here. And so I need you to catch, and I'm going to do my best to paint the cultural context of what was happening here. First thing I need you to know before I dive in is you have two different people groups within this story. You have those called the Canaanites. Everybody say, the Canaanites. And then you have on the other side... The Jews or the Hebrews, okay? And so you have the Canaanites. And if you know your stories, if you know the Old Testament at all, the Hebrews went in and took the land of Canaan as their promised land. They, they hated each other. They still hate each other. They don't like each other, okay? So there's this cultural disconnect, all right? That's happening here when we get to this place. You need to know that because some of the things that Jesus says are incredibly offensive, to that culture that day. Let's start here. If you don't have your Bible, I'll have all these verses up on the screen for you. But we're going to start in Matthew chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 21 and 22. Leaving that place, Jesus withdrew to the region of Tyre and Sidon. A Canaanite, everyone say Canaanite. Canaanite woman from the vicinity came to him, crying out, Lord, son of David, have mercy on me. My daughter is demon-possessed and suffering terribly. Now this mom, she loved her kid. And if any of you and I, we had some issue with our kid, what are we doing? Same thing. We don't know what she tried in the Canaanite village or where she came from. We don't know what she tried to have her daughter be healed. We don't know. Maybe she tried modern day medicine. You know, for you and I, maybe it's something that's even goofy. You know, my wife's a teacher and I see parent after parent come to her with different things because they're concerned even about their kids' grades. Now you're saying your kid's possessed, demon-possessed. I don't know about you, but if one of my kids was demon... Now, some of you have teenagers and you think they all are. That's not what I'm saying. Okay? They love you. They're just going through stuff. All right? She tried everything. So she comes up to Jesus. She's like, Lord! Lord! Son of David! For her to even call him Lord! For Cain and I to do that, they hate the Jews. She should have never even done that. And then the cultural norm for Jesus, the cultural term to call a Canaanite in that day was Dog. Okay? Now, now, not in our society today. Not D-A-W-G. What's up, dog? No, not like, like, my kids call my wife that. It's weird, but, you know. What's up, dog, mommy? Yeah, yeah, what's happening? No, this is like, not a good term. Okay? Almost a racial term that's happening here. Coming from the mouth of Christ. Uh-oh, it's getting real in here. But she's desperate. She's totally desperate. She's doing anything it takes pleading with Jesus. Let's read on verse 23. Jesus did not answer a word. Dude, Jesus, what are you doing? Jesus did not answer a word. So here comes his disciples. And how many know his disciples are known for being kingdom-minded? No! They're still trying to figure it out just like we are every day. So his disciples came to him. Jesus! Yo, 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 this lady who needs our help, we're her only answer. I got an idea, Jesus. What does it say? Send her away. She keeps crying out after us. How dare her? Jesus didn't say a thing to this woman. Jesus, I don't understand why. Okay, why you should have fixed it, Jesus. You ignored her. How many of you have ever felt ignored? I'm feeling ignored right now. There it is. Okay. How many of you have ever felt ignored? By, not just by somebody, but by Jesus. You've been praying and praying and praying for something. Praying for a miracle. Praying for something to take place. And you're like, I don't even think God's real. I don't even know that He hears me. I don't even know that He's up there right now. Maybe He's like in a far off distance galaxy and He's away from me. I don't know. And we feel ignored by God. 
You know, I've felt this so many times. You remember being the last to be picked on the recess? You know? Dude, I was the last to be picked in bocce ball. That's a joke. Still, it was kickball. When I got my first ministry position, I got there, the pastor interviewed me. He said, man, we just want to invite you to be our assistant pastor. I was so excited. I was pumped. And then I found out through the grapevine, and I don't know about you if you've been here before, I wasn't his first choice. I wasn't his second choice. In fact, he eventually told me, we didn't have any other choice other than you. Thanks, I feel wonderful. Felt ignored. Some of you feel ignored. Then eventually, God speaks. Jesus speaks His words. And and how many of us want God to speak to us? I do. All the time. But let me ask a real question. Are you ready for Him to speak to you? Because you're not going to like always what He has to say. Listen to what He says to this woman. Let's read on verse 24. He answered finally, Yo, dog, I was sent only to the lost sheep of Israel. Jesus, what are you doing? This woman needs your help. You're God, right? Like, do not see the need right in front of you, Jesus. Why aren't you doing what I think you should do, Lord? Pastor Chris, I've never prayed a prayer like that. In other words, what is Jesus' word saying to her? He's like, you know what? First he ignores her. Disciples are like, get out of here, lady. You're Canaanite. We don't want nothing to do with you. And then Jesus says, hey, you know what? I'm not called to you Canaanite people. I'm called to the lost sheep of Israel. So not only is she ignored, she feels insignificant. See, because we see it only one way, we think our vantage point validates us. When I read that scripture, I don't understand why Jesus, until I get to the end of the story, I didn't understand why he first ignored her and then said, I'm not sent to you. You're not my problem. Some of you feel that with God in your life right now. You feel insignificant. You feel like he doesn't hear you. You feel ignored. You feel like no one understands you. You have this depth that no one else sees other than, other than God. And sometimes you feel like he doesn't even get you. But when we have our thoughts and our vantage points and you see it one way, that doesn't validate us. We can't validate ourselves or our beliefs, virtues, or values. Only Christ can validate through what He does and believes and says. Here's just a few real examples that have come my way probably in the last couple weeks, couple months, and last few years as being a pastor. Sometimes the hardest part about leading the church isn't those that don't know Christ, it's those that call themselves Christians. Forever I had people, we want a cross, we want a cross. I never wanted a cross on this building. Because if you put it in today's context, it'd basically be like putting a, a lethal injection system up there. I love my Savior and I didn't want that, but our culture did. So sometimes you take things. Your pastor doesn't want to cross on this building. I put it up there because I want to reach people. I'll do whatever it takes. It's not going to hurt my salvation. But if you ever wanted to know the reason why there's not one up here, that's why. Not because I don't believe in the power of what it represents. 
I know what the power of what it did, and it killed the person whom I love the most. Hats in church. We've had people that wear hats in church. I've had people come up to me, man, there's hats in church. I, I don't know that I can go here. I've had people, we, we painted the ceiling black. There's over 50 gallons of black paint on that crazy ceiling, man. Some people are like, I'm offensive. The church has to be painted white. I've had some people that won't come to church right now because I post CDC guidelines. I have some people frustrated that I'm not following them all the way. I don't care what you think anymore. Some, man, you don't allow the gifts of the Spirit to be active enough in the church. Some, it's too active and too crazy. You know, I've had people question when there's somebody on our worship team who's not a believer. You know, my cousin used to play with us. Wasn't a Christian at the time. Four weeks later, gave his life to Christ and now serves at one of the churches we helped plant. I have to stand before God someday and give that account, not you. I believe today that you can still be filled with the Spirit and the Bible talks about speaking in tongues. I know it's weird and crazy, but it's there. That offends people. I don't care. Some people get offended because we give too much to certain causes and not enough to others. We're going to do what God calls us to do and talk to our elder board and have accountability with it. Some people have been frustrated how I've handled the race issue. Some people have been handled how I haven't handled the race issue. Some people have been offended that there's been uh, how, how we've handled masks or no masks or in our culture. Some people are offended that I don't just give open embrace everyone with hugs or there's no hugs or the fact that we've had kids ministry or haven't had kids ministry or the fact that we should have coffee or not have coffee or when we took donuts away on a Sunday or the music's too loud or the music's not loud enough or the message is too deep and the message is not loud enough your voices are no longer the ones I'm going to listen to. Well, Pastor Chris, what if you get led astray? Well, you're on the boat with me, so... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) We have an elder team that's phenomenal, that holds me in check. They're not a bunch of yes men and yes ladies. They're like, Chris, that's your crap, that's not God. They will call me out. I trust them, you need to trust them as well. You know, I used to think that I could never do it right as a pastor in someone's eyes. That I was, because I was, no matter what I did, I was always wrong. And then I realized, I was talking with Charles Porter, one of the missionaries we support. And he said, Chris, you're not looking at that the right way. I said, what? He goes, if you're following the leading of the Holy Spirit, it's not that you can never get it wrong. It's that, it's that you're always going to get it right. And so, I'm not saying that arrogantly. You can ask my wife, I don't do everything right. But just because... You are offended by something today in our culture does not mean you're right. So what do we do? You pray for clarity. And Mark, I'm going to call you up in a minute. I'm going to go a few minutes over. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, you got to pray for clarity. you got to pray for humility. And maybe pray rather than post. Cowards post, courageous people address. You can't fix yourself by breaking someone else. You see, Jesus had a different perspective. It wasn't that this woman was insignificant. It wasn't that he was trying to ignore her. He had a different mission that God had called him specifically to that was more urgent. You ever brought a kid to the ER? I did Friday night, date night. I got to bring a kid to the ER. Everything's fine, don't worry. But I brought him there. And how many have sat in the ER and they say, 
any minute now. If you have never been offended by anything, just go to the ER for a couple hours. Because you're there with the kid that you love the most. And you watch other people walk right by you and go in. You're like, what? Why them? Well, one was a gunshot wound. And my kid had some issues in his stomach. So maybe it's different. Maybe that's more important at the time. Not that you're any less significant, but something's a little bit more urgent. Are you okay trusting with God when He doesn't put you on the pedestal that we all want to be on? Let's read on. Verse 25 and 26. The woman came and knelt before Him. I love this prayer. She worships. She kneels before Him and says, Lord, help me. And then He replied. He goes, and this might seem a little out of context to you. He goes, it's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Whoa, that's like one of the most offensive things that Jesus ever said in all Scripture. What did she do? She changed her posture. She changed her position. Sometime to not be offended, you have to change your perspective and your position to empathize and see on the other side. Some of you have been hurt by people that represent God. I get calls all the time. One of the biggest calls I get is, Pastor, I'm not coming back to church because somebody in the church hurt me or did this to me. And I said, wow, I'm so sorry. They're like, yeah, will you talk to him? I said, no, it's your problem. Because, and here's why, here's why. When you start reflecting the nature of man onto the character of God, you'll miss it every time. Okay? You see, you brought my neighbors to church. Never been to church before. My neighbor came in with his Budweiser t-shirt, his scraggly face, and his two liter of Mountain Dew. That's why I was a youth pastor. Walks right in, he sits there, the pastor's gone for the day. And a person starts like prophesying over people, and I'm like, oh no... It's one of those weird Sundays. And he points to her. It wasn't her, it was somebody in front of her, but she thought it was talking to him. And they, rather than her posting a bunch of stuff, you know what she did? She said, Can we just talk to you? She came over. And I said, You know what? It's not always like that. We want to be welcoming to the visitors. And she's like, Thank you. And we made amends and we moved on. That simple. With something that offended her. Okay? Look at this though. Do you see what happened? She worships Jesus. And Jesus does not heal her daughter yet. She's worse. Some of you have spent hours worshiping and praying and the thing you've desired the most hasn't happened yet. I'm going to show you why. Okay? Why didn't he? I don't know about you, but not only was she ignored, insulted. She was not ignored and insignificant. She was insulted. What? What? Why was she insulted? Again, read the text. It's not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. He's saying, it's not right. You're a Canaanite woman. It's not right for you. Now, there's a huge difference I need you to catch here this morning, okay? We're going to go a little deep just for a second. The term dog is used about Canaanites in that culture historically over and over. It's a racist term. The word dog here in the Greek is just a little bit different in the context. You're just a little bit different. And so, I don't know about you, but how many women are here and would just love for you to be called dog? But, but the term for Canaanite was actually wild dog. Okay, one that's in the streets begging for food and all that. And here what Jesus calls her is pet dog. How many are like, that ain't any better. Like, that's still a dog. Like, seriously? I would be offended. 
Okay? Some of you are still offended by something God said or what somebody did to insult you or the fact that they don't see the things you do and they're so important to you. Just like the vegans want pepper in our pants, man. It's the same thing for us. In fact, some of you are so offended right now that you're literally right now thinking about the person that needs to hear this message because you're like, I can't wait for them to hear it when you've got to repent because it's you. I keep, I keep elbowing my spouse. you got to listen to this. You better tuck that elbow in, buddy. Okay. But then, the worship of this woman didn't get his attention. So stop being offended when you don't think God is listening. He's got a bigger plan than you and I will ever possibly have. Oh, it's good in here today. He calls her pet dog. Pet dog. Finally something clicks in her. Something clicks. And she says this, verse 27. Yes, it is, Lord. Yeah, it is. Even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Something happened. Something clicked. And maybe you didn't catch it. I want you to catch it here. She's persistent. And she turns this whole thing around. She realizes that Jesus didn't call her what everybody else did. In fact, I kind of imagine her walking away. Be like, I tried. And then as she's about to give up, she turns and sees the face of her Savior. He just he didn't call me wild dog. He called me pet dog. And something clicked in her mind where she said, you know what? If I'm a pet dog, that doesn't mean I'm out scrounging for scraps anymore. That doesn't mean I have to figure out. That means when it's hot outside, my master has air conditioning for me. That means I can sit at his feet. That means whenever I'm thirsty, whenever I'm hungry, he'll have something for me. Mark, you can come on up. That means he's my master. And this form of worship turned into something. Why? Because she wasn't offended. Okay? She realizes everything she needs, her master has. Everything. So what did she do? You ready for it? Here it is, the big reveal. She got over it! Get over it! Get over it! I'm offended, Pastor. You told me to get over it. Yeah, I did. Get over it! Oh my gosh! If we could learn to do that, you know what happens next? Let's read on verse 28. Then Jesus said to her, What does he call her now? Oh, snap nuggets. You have, that's my version, you have great faith. Your request is granted. And her daughter was what? Healed at that moment! Come on, somebody! What if she would have walked away offended? What if she would have went online and posted something? You're not agreeing with the way I am. You know what she would have missed? And some of you are missing this because you're so stinking offended. She would have missed out on this right here. Her miracle. You know what? Jesus had that miracle ready for her the whole time. It was waiting in the balance. What did she have to do? Get over being offended so she could receive the miracle that God had for Two stages of offending. One is feeling offended. You know, someone did something that caused you to feel overlooked, insulted, violated, taken advantage, all of that. What they did wasn't right, okay? What they said, maybe it was hurtful. That's an uncontrolled human feeling. Everyone feels offended. But then stage two is your choice. You have a choice of being offended or what? Get over it. Everybody say it really loud with me. Get over it. One more time, really loud. Get over it. That's what I'm talking about. Just because you're offended doesn't mean you have to live offended. 
Okay? You, you know what it's like to live offended? It's like drinking liquid Drano, inspecting the other person to die. That's what it's like. Get over it. Well, who showed us the way? We know. It's Jesus. Let me show you what He did. Here He is. He's hanging on the cross. He says these words right here. He said he didn't say get over it on there, actually. Close. He got over it. Father, forgive them then, for they know not what they're doing. Crucifying the Savior in whom we choose to serve. If you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, you will not go to heaven. Period. There is no gray zone there. You have to know Him. If He hasn't offended you, you don't have a relationship with Him yet. Let Him offend you. Let Him take control of your life. May we be like a pet dog at His feet. You know what I love about these words that Jesus said, and maybe you've heard them before, maybe not? My favorite part of these words aren't the words themselves, but in the context in which they were spoken. Do you know that these words are historically known as the first words that Jesus preached on the cross? First ones. First thing he does when he gets up there is being beaten in stone, clothes ripped away to the point of death, blood, water spilling out, all of it. Dying for you and me. And rather than him say, I can't take this, I can't take this, be done. You know, he cries out to his father, but before that, before he even cries out to his father, he forgives us. What if we went and did likewise? That's what I'm planning to do. I'm not perfect. You know, you question my integrity. That hot button comes up. You have that hot button. But what if we submit that under the power of Jesus today? I'm going to put one last thing up here and I want you to grab your cell phone right now. Everybody grab your phone. Quick. This is our number. This is what I want you to do today. If you know that you need to accept Christ or you need, man, I need to make it right with Him today, just text yes. We just want to pray with you, man. I was a little intense today, but I really felt God wanted to share this with you today. And so what I want to do right now is pray for you. Text us our church number. You can tell us your name if you want us to follow up. But if you want to say yes to a relationship with Jesus today, text yes. If you want us to pray for you in any other way, we'll do that. Let's learn to get over it. Let's set a presence as a church in our culture right now, today. If you agree with me, can we just give God some applause and stand to our feet? Can we do that? Come on. Worship you, Lord. God, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Jesus, that you forgave before you did anything else. Lord, you were offended more than anyone else. You were perfect without sin. God, may I never be the one to cast a stone. May I never be the one to defend. May I just look to you. God, thank you for offending me. Thank you for offending this Canaanite woman to set a precedence of us trusting in you as our master. Lord, I thank you that you love us and that you have given your life to save us. May we walk forward in it and may we be Christ-like to this world and to each other. Lord, your word is not condemning. It's life-giving. It's life-changing. It's transformational. We lean into that today and every day. We pray in Jesus' name and we all sit together. Amen. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.